Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast, a Lower Gentry Studios production. I'm your host, Chuck Octane. This episode is sponsored by the film We Speak, a moving relationship drama. We Speak follows a young couple on New Year's Eve as they make an important decision that will affect the rest of their lives. We Speak is available to rent or stream on Amazon. It's free for Prime members. Check it out. You won't regret it. I liked it. It's a little intense, but if you can get through the intensity... It's also very realistic. Welcome back, everybody. It's been quite the week here in the Treasure Valley. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the importance of being lazy. But first, I'm going to give you an update in case you missed some of these wonderful headlines. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on in the Treasure Valley? A missing Nampa man has been found. He was missing for a few days. Unfortunately, I didn't realize he was missing until police already found him. I read the news story way too late. I hope this update is equally undramatic to you. In other missing reports, my keys were in my pocket and your dad didn't get lost on his way to the gas station to get cigarettes 25 years ago. A local Amazon driver warmed hearts in the Treasure Valley this week when she stopped after a delivery to pray for an at-risk child living inside the home. Unfortunately, prayer has not been shown to benefit those with ailments, so I made sure to take time this week to sneak into my neighbor's yard, commandeer one of her chickens, and sacrifice it for the benefit of this poor child. You're welcome. KTVB, I'm waiting on your interview request. I think the mutilated chicken is the real feel-good story here. If you don't believe me, give it a couple weeks, and that kid's at-risk status will go from a code red to a cautiony code yellow. A Nampa nonprofit, Because International, is now sending a bar of soap with each pair of donated shoes. If you're unfamiliar with Because International, they specialize in sending shoes to children living in poverty internationally. For 20 bucks, you can send a pair of these shoes to an organization of your choice that will then distribute them to at-need children. A majority of their shoes are shipped to the South American and African continents because Asian children living in poverty already know how to make their own damn shoes. Nationally, Chicago saw its deadliest Memorial Day since 2015. Ten people were shot and killed in that city on Monday. So I saw that headline, and I thought to myself, five years? That's not a lot of time. I looked it up. Five years ago, 12 people were killed on Memorial Day. Fortunately, Chicago residents have begun a petition for a Memorial Day Memorial Day, which will happen on the Tuesday after Memorial Day to memorialize those who died on Memorial Day. Also this week... A man died in Minneapolis at the hands of a knee of a police officer. The officer in possession of the knee was fired for violating social distancing guidelines. Things are getting crazy in this country in the last couple days. Cities are falling apart left and right, and I'm thinking to myself, where the hell is Batman? Although, when you think about it, Batman never wins, ultimately. He just keeps fighting the good fight endlessly. So... I think the point of Batman's tale is to teach us that it's better just not to do anything. Related to that point, the unsustainability of the 40-hour work week was once again brought to the media's attention by former presidential candidate Andrew Yang. I did some research about the 40-hour work week, which I will share with you in a minute. But before I do, let's talk about the scientific benefits of being lazy. Lazy theme song. I told our resident musician to use lazy as motivation for the theme song. I guess I probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, lazy people have a bad rap. 
sure they're accurately associated with a lack of productivity, but as with any character trait, there are always benefits. Here are 10 benefits to living a lazy lifestyle. Number one, lazy people live, on average, 15 years longer than chronically stressed people. Number two, lazy people compensate for their laziness through highly creative problem-solving techniques, such as by asking somebody else to do it. Number three, being lazy is associated with better couch-sitting ergonomics. Number four, lazy people are less likely to suffer from the contagious yawning effect, as they're much more likely to initiate said effect. Number five, lazy people's chronic tardiness helps alleviate traffic congestion. Number six, lab tests have shown that lazy people have quicker response times due to the conserved energy principle. Number seven, lazy people don't feel obligated to say yes to anything. Number eight, lazy people don't usually say no either. Studies have shown that lazy people frequently just let their calls go to voicemail, then postpone screening them until all social expectations plummet to zero. Number nine, the biggest benefit to laziness is not feeling pressured to follow through with whatever you said earlier. Work eats up a lot of our time, and a former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, is calling for our nation to move to a four-day work week. This week, most of us only work four days, if at all, following the Memorial Day holiday, and I'm sure it felt oh so nice to those that didn't have to work on Monday and still had a job for the rest of the week, unless you live in Chicago. So let's talk about the standard five-day, 40-hour work week. Five-day work week. I'm going to have to talk to that musician. First thing I want you to do is to think about an interesting story that happened at work. Here's my question. Was it even related to your job? I'm betting it wasn't. The first story that pops into my head involves a prankster, a coworker with a legitimate phobia, soiled trousers, and a lawsuit. Needless to say, our office was not productive that day, and the endless meetings reviewing obvious corporate policies ate into our time for another two weeks. We can all think of funnier, upsetting anecdotes, but how productive are we at work? I did some looking around. And VoucherCloud, a company in the United Kingdom, polled almost 2,000 office workers to find out how they spent their time. The results were not very encouraging for employers. The most important question asked in the survey was pretty point blank. If you had to state a figure, how long do you think you spend productively working during work hours on a daily basis? The average estimated amount worked by those who were polled was two hours and 53 minutes out of an eight-hour day. That's roughly about a third of the time. And that's how much employees thought they were actually working. I would guess that that average is an optimistic overestimate. The study then asked, what are you guilty of spending time doing during the workday rather than working productively? Respondents were then allowed to select from one or more potential options. These were the top activities that were non-job related, obviously. Reading news and websites, an hour and five minutes. Checking social media, 44 minutes. Discussing out-of-work activities with colleagues, 40 minutes. Searching for new jobs, 26 minutes. Smoking breaks, 23 minutes. This is a European survey, so I think people still smoke there. They haven't realized how cool vaping is. Making personal phone calls, 18 minutes. Making hot drinks, 17 minutes. I think they mean temperature hot, not spiked. Text instant messaging, 14 minutes. Eating snacks, 8 minutes. Making food in the office, 7 minutes. 
Respondents were then asked, do you think that you could get through the workday without partaking in any distractions? Only 35% of respondents said they could. And of those who realized they couldn't, 54% explained that the distractions make their workday more bearable. They felt justified in indulging in their frequent time wasters because they reported their work overall benefited from the intermittent breaks. When I read the results of the survey, I thought to myself, well, office workers are known for slacking off. It's part of the job. It's part of the camaraderie. People that work in busy environments, such as factories or retail shops, must be more productive throughout the day. So I looked into the history of our work week, and I was kind of surprised. The current five-day, eight-hour schedule began in the time of Henry Ford. The earliest records in the United States that calculated working hours started in the 1830s and focused on the manufacturing sector. During the 1800s, the average manufacturing worker logged from 60 to 70 hours per week, and there are anecdotal reports of individuals working 90 or 100 hours per week. In the early 1900s, Henry Ford turned that schedule on its head without pressure from labor unions or the federal government. Now, I'm not saying that Henry Ford was a great guy. He was anti-Semitic, but as a capitalist, he was obviously open to non-conventional means of production. In 1914, Ford's factory workers clocked nine-hour days, Monday through Saturday. The work was grueling, turnover was high, so Ford decided to give himself a competitive advantage in the recruitment process. He decreased his employees' daily hours from nine to eight, while nearly doubling their pay. Well, not all of his employees, just the men. Two years later, he included female workers in the pay hike. Ford, obviously, was also sexist. Then, by 1926, many factories had decreased their hours to eight hours per day, possibly in response to Henry Ford. Ford wanted to gain another advantage in labor recruitment, so he decided to give his workers two whole days off. Ford was quoted as saying, It is high time to rid ourselves of the notion that leisure for workmen is either lost time or a class privilege. But he also saw an increase in overall productivity in his factories despite the decrease in operational hours. It turns out his employees were working harder within the shorter window. Prior to Henry Ford's implementation of shorter workdays and work weeks, a German psychologist had already been analyzing the benefits. In his book, Psychology and Industrial Efficiency, published in 1913, Hugo Munsterberg noticed factory workers tend to lose focus during monotonous activities, which led to errors and decreased productivity. He also observed, when workers received a pleasant distraction, they often returned to their task with heightened efficiency. To support his hypothesis, Munsterberg notes a prominent factory in Germany that had decreased daily work hours from 9 to 8, but reported a counterintuitive productivity increase. Munsterberg was a pioneer in introducing psychological concepts into increasing productivity in the workplace. So nearly 100 years ago, I'm sure Ford found the productivity sweet spot. Let's just keep things how they are. Too much time off makes people lazy which contrary to the benefits I listed earlier, we all know being lazy is morally reprehensible. Or is it? Recently, in 2018, a New Zealand company, Perpetual Guardian, attempted to shave another day off its employees' work week without cutting their pay. For six weeks, 240 staff were moved to a four-day work week. The company claimed the trial was an attempt to help their employees with work-life balance, in response to the extra day off, the staff figured out their own creative ways to maintain productivity, such as by automating processes or just spending less time on Facebook. 
Overall, the company was able to maintain profits while saving on their power bills. Perpetual Guardian then decided to make the four-day work week optional to all of its employees. They made it optional because it turns out some people wanted to come in on that fifth day. I'm assuming their families were really crappy. So should we move from a five-day work week to only four days? Well, one change I'd like to point out working today versus working 100 years ago is that it used to be impossible to take your work home with you. Today, many of us remain connected at all times with work-related notifications, bombarding our phones at all hours of the day and night. Perhaps 40-hour work weeks is the ideal amount to remain productive, and perhaps the New Zealand company was able to compensate their employees for the time they spent already working from home by giving them an additional day off. Our careers have become less mundane and more creative as production has become automated. And maybe a good thing that will come from this coronavirus pandemic will be throwing out this idea that we should all be working traditional hours or that we need to be compensated for our time rather than our productivity. Wouldn't it be cool if figuring out how to do your job more efficiently didn't cause your boss to keep serving up more and more obligations? I do. As long as it doesn't become the key issue of some political party or lobbying group that wants to pass legislation and mandate that we all do the same damn thing all the damn time, but that's another topic. Let's end this week with a joke from a hat. Take a joke from a hat when you read it, I'll bet that you make someone laugh. It's a joke from a hat. A man awoke from a nap to find his hat missing. He went to buy a new one, but he was unable to find an adequate replacement. His lost hat was a 19th century stovepipe, believed to have been worn by Honest Abe himself. He went back to where he slept and searched and searched. After several hours, he finally gave up. He decided he never wanted another hat, as no other hat could equal his antique stovepipe. Suddenly, 87 years later, he changed his mind. All right, thank you everybody for listening this week. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends if you enjoy it. Tell them. Share it on your Facebook. However you share things. Write them a letter. How else can you share? Get a tattoo and then show it to your friends? Please don't. Actually, if you do, send me a picture. Go to www.treasurevalleypodcast.com to reach out. I hope you all have a wonderful, warm weekend.